Welcome to The Doctrinal Component with Tom Nettles, brought to you by Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries is a reformed teaching organization committed to the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. For more teaching material by Dr. Nettles, please visit founders.org. This is Tom Nettles with the next edition of The Doctrinal Component. Thank you very much for joining me. In this, we have been looking at Luke chapter 9, and today we are going to consider some of the things that are at stake in verse 27, where the text reads, But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. There is an immediate foretaste of the glory of Christ's return in his glory, as well as the glory of the Father, that soon would be the privilege of a few of the disciples, some standing here, Jesus said. And he said they would not taste death until this had occurred. Uh, We learn from uh, verse 36 that after this encounter that they had, in which uh, we see the glory of God, they kept quiet, even as Jesus had instructed them earlier about this confession that he was the Christ. They kept quiet until probably sometime after the resurrection. Well, as we look at this promise, we, can, we could say that it is possible that Jesus refers here to the beginning manifestation of the kingdom of God as the new people of God inaugurated visibly in the descent of the Spirit at Pentecost. The announcement that this was for all, as Peter preached, even those who were far off, Acts 2.39, as many as the Lord our God would call. So it is possible that he refers to Pentecost and to the miraculous working of the Spirit and the conversion of people there. Thousands were converted. And that this new people of God that was being formed was indeed a glorious manifestation of the kingdom of God. That's possible. Uh, More likely, though, I think that it's in light of Luke's arrangement that we are looking at the glory that appears immediately on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus went there with Peter, James, and John. They were with him. As on other occasions, they were sleepy. They went to sleep. But something happened while they were sleeping that waked them up. Uh, There was a great glory that began to come. They were enveloped in light. uh, And they saw Jesus standing there with Moses and Elijah. Now, of course, we're very familiar with the reaction of Peter, who wants to build three tabernacles, and how he was, in a sense, reprimanded for that. But what do we see when Jesus is carrying on a conversation with Moses and Elijah? Well, I think one thing that we can happily draw from this is that because the disciples recognized who they were and recognized the esteem in which they were held within the scriptures and within the history of Jewish people, that when we are in the state of glory, we will recognize, we will know all the redeemed when we are among them in heaven. None will be a stranger to us. We will know them and we will uh, rejoice in the grace that has brought them there and in the particular gifts that God gave them for their ministry to the church. But as we look at a particular at who came, Moses and Elijah, we see that Moses represents the law 
And Elijah represents the prophets. Moses is there because the law represents to us the perfect righteousness of God and is a picture of Christ's own life and his righteousness. Uh, and uh, it is uh, setting forth also the necessity of condemnation for those who break this law and that this is what Jesus was facing. He was facing the condemning wrath of God for his people. We also see that the law is that which gives a requirement of a priest in order to offer sacrifice. And Jesus was the priest there, standing before Moses, through whom this revelation was given. We see also that there is a, an unblemished sacrifice that is needed. And the need for sacrifice was continual. The efficacy of this sacrifice must be something that was eternal. And so it had to be done over and over and over in the history of Judaism. But we learn from the book of Hebrews that Jesus was such a perfect sacrifice and of such of infinite value that he gave this sacrifice once for all. And we also see in Moses the setting for the development of a holy nation. And it is exactly that that God would gather uh, as the gospel was preached throughout the world. But Elijah was there also. Elijah represents the prophets. There are certain things we can learn from that in, in light of the admonitions that Jesus has given about the world opposing them, but they're being willing to lose the world in order to gain life because we see this was exactly what happened in the life of Elijah. In the life of Elijah, we see the strength and the, the, uh, the, the anger that is involved in, in the opposition of worldly systems to the one true God and to the gospel. A second thing we see is the sustaining power of God, how he sustained Elijah in all the contests that he had and how he provided for him richly and abundantly and gave him strength even uh, to run great distances. A third thing we see is courage to confront falsehood as we find him uh, in the prophets of Baal uh, and uh, as he calls on them to call louder to their God who did not answer. And we see also the certainty of divine power in leading us to glory because Elijah did not experience death, but he was taken up to glory. And surely this means that all of those who are the redeemed, all of those who are God's people, will be taken by him. As Philippians 1 says, he who began the good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So Moses and Elijah were there and they spoke to him and they spoke to him significantly about his departure which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. So all that they stood for in the law and the prophets was to come to culmination in Jesus' departure. He was to accomplish this departure at Jerusalem. The disciples saw his glory and the voice of the Father expressing his love for and pleasure in the Son. The full manifestation of these things will indeed constitute the eternal blessings of the glory of the kingdom of God. So here we have a confirmation of the words that Jesus has just said 
me and of my words. For the Father said, This is my Son, my Chosen One. Listen to Him. Thank you for joining me for this edition of the Doctrinal Component. I will look forward to our next time together.